How many of you have ever been scared before? Any of you? Have any of you been scared before? Oh, good. I'm not alone then? Oh, good. I'm so happy about that. Uh, we get scared as people. I remember uh, the church that I served in before I came here. Uh, it was a church where it was an old... Uh, what are you doing? It was a church where it was an old castle. And it was. It was just an old building and like everything. There would be bats up in the steeples and there'd be bats like just flying around. And it was, it was, it was terrifying. And I would go and uh, I would go in there at, at night sometimes and I would try to get something from my office because I had forgotten that. And so I would go and grab something and get out of there. And there was this one particular time, there was this long hallway that I had to walk down. And as I walked down this hallway at night, and I refused to turn on lights because I was one of those pastors that wanted to conserve electricity. That was stupid. Anyway, and so I was walking down this long hallway to get to my office and to check something out. And as I was walking down this hallway, all of a sudden I heard a noise. And I don't know what that noise was. I'm sure it was probably some spooky lady up in the steeple. I don't know, but that's what I thought it was. And in that moment, I'm glad no one else was there, but I shrieked so loud and I jumped in the air so high, like I wasted my one jump to ever dunk on that, and I jumped so high in the air, and I'm, I think my underwear was okay, and I just turned right around, and I ran out of the building, and I said, I can get this in the morning, and I was so, so scared, and I don't know if any of you have ever had a moment like that, but that, in that moment, I was so fearful that I ran out and completely forgot what I was there for. Now, in our lives, we do face fears. There's no question about that. Fear is something that is present. In fact, it's something that we all, at one point or another, will come in front of. It'll come right in front of us. And we've had these moments in our lives, and we've also had moments that we know will come towards us, and they're fearful. And I believe that this is something that we see actually talked about a lot in the Bible. And, and it's not like it's just the bad guys who experience fear. It's not. It's actually the really good followers of God that come face to face with fear. And we begin to see that in their lives, they really take it on and we begin to see how some of them act a way that shows faithfulness and others act in a way where it shows that they trust in themselves more than God. Now, I believe that we all have certain little fears in our lives. In our home, I'm just going to say in our marriage, uh, if I am driving and I know that there's a really large bridge coming up, I often like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom, and I pull over, and I ask Krista if she would like to drive. And, and, and I'm getting better at this. And then so, because I have a fear of driving over large bridges, I'm just going to say this, you know, and so I, I do. So it's really hard for me to get into Kentucky. It's really hard. And so I'm, I'm stuck here. I can go to Illinois, no problem. I can go to Ohio, but getting to Kentucky is hard. And so anyway, but the big bridges scare me, especially like the ones in like Louisiana. Okay, so anyway, and so they scare me. And so I have often in our lives, in our driving, in our travels, I try to like maneuver where this is the time where Krista drives. Now, however, when there are spiders in our house, I don't know if you guys get spiders in our house. When there are spiders in our house, I have learned that Krista does not like spiders. And so in those moments, I have to get up off of the couch because I'm watching something very important on TV, and I go, and I have to get up, and it's no big deal for me to go and kill a spider, you know? No big deal for me. And so this is the thing. We have our own individual fears. Now, are there moments where I've driven across a bridge? Yes. Are there moments where Krista has killed a spider? Yes. But sometimes our fears, our fears control us 
in a way where we can't do anything. So we all have this in our lives. And this is something that I want us to understand in this day, uh, that God is one who understands this. And He wants to come alongside us. And in fact, I think that God also understands that there will be fear and that we shouldn't back away from it, but that we should understand it and understand how to embrace that fear and move beyond it. There's an awesome story in the Bible about a guy named Daniel. And we find this in Daniel chapter 6. He gets a whole Bible named, or a whole book named after him. In Daniel chapter 6, where Daniel goes into the lion's den. How many of my kids have heard this story before about Daniel and the lion's den? Yes. So we're going to watch a cool little video right here, guys, about Daniel going into the lion's den. Would you watch this with me? King Darius was the new leader in Babylon. Babylon was a large kingdom. So the king picked men to be leaders over small parts of Babylon. The king picked Daniel to be one of the leaders. Daniel was very good at his job. So Darius decided to put Daniel in charge of all of Babylon. When the other leaders heard about this, they were jealous. They watched Daniel and waited for him to do something wrong so they could get him in trouble. But Daniel did what was right. The leaders knew Daniel obeyed God, so they made a plan to get Daniel in trouble for praying. They said to King Darius, King, all of your leaders think it would be a good idea to pass a law. For the next 30 days, no one may pray to any god or man except to you. Anyone who disobeys the law will be thrown into the lion's den. King Darius agreed to pass the law. Daniel knew the law meant he was not allowed to pray to God. Still, Daniel went into his house and prayed to God three times a day, just like he had always done. The jealous leader saw Daniel praying, and they told the king that Daniel had broken the law. King Darius was upset. He didn't want to punish Daniel. The king thought all day about how he could save Daniel from the lions. The law can't be changed, the men reminded King Darius. So King Darius ordered Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. May the God you serve save you, he said. The king went to his palace for the night. He did not eat and he could not sleep. He thought about Daniel with the lions. As soon as the sun came up the next morning, the king hurried to the lion's den. He cried out, Daniel, has your God rescued you from the lions? Daniel shouted back, God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth. I am safe. The king was so happy. He ordered for Daniel to be taken out of the lion's den. Daniel wasn't hurt because he had trusted in God. King Darius made a new law. Everyone must respect God. King Darius wrote, he is the living God. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. God story. Much bigger problem. 
sin, and death through his son, Jesus. Awesome. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Daniel chapter 6. It's in the Old Testament. Or grab your phones and you can pull it up on your phone on, on the YouVersion app. And you can follow along here. I'm just going to read uh, and hi- highlight some of these scriptures here. Uh, because I believe this is something that we can uh, misunderstand in this story. It's often a children's story, you know, because good old Bible children's stories. Not fearful at all, you know. Anyway, like, oh, Daniel, and he went to the lions and played with them. Anyway, so anyway. But like, but Daniel received, uh, you know, he received, a, 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 he was going to, be murdered. This was what was taking place here. But the reality is, is that what we see is Daniel, he is facing something that is completely fearful. And yet he approaches it in a way with a heart that is so in tune with God that we don't see his fear come out. But we can't underestimate that he was definitely afraid. He was definitely afraid. So let's look at some of these scriptures. In Daniel 6, 16, We are reminded, so the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. I love this. This king Darius was not a good king, and yet he trusted Daniel with many things. Trusted Daniel with a lot. Daniel was very powerful. And yet in this moment, the king knew it was out of his control. It was out of his control that the only way that Daniel would be rescued is that if his God would rescue him. What an amazing thing that Daniel's witness was as he was leading to his most fearful moment. The king knew that the only rescuer was the God that he worshipped. And it goes on into verse 19 and 20. At the first light light of dawn, the king, so Darius, we see that he is not sleeping at night. He is concerned for his friend. He's also intrigued to see if if Daniel's God will show up in this impossible moment. The king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the the den, he he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, listen to the king's language and how it's changed. Worship me. That's what the king wanted. And now he's saying, but the living God is the one that Daniel Daniel follows. The servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? So then there's this pause, right? We see that God becomes this rescuer for Daniel. The only one that can rescue Daniel is God. And then we see the response in verse 22. And Daniel says, My God sent His angel, and He shut the mouths of the lions, they, had not, they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. In this moment that is so powerful, the impossible, the moment where all of a sudden this execution that was supposed to happen, it didn't happen, Daniel is saved by God. When we are afraid, what takes place? Where is God when we are afraid? When Daniel was afraid, God was so present that the king who threw him into the den began to see God. In verse 23, it says this, The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. 
I, I was trying to think, like, this is Daniel in the lion's den, and then I'm like, oh, and my mind was like, it's Daniel in the man cave, you know, nowadays. I was just trying to make that den more relatable to us. But anyway, okay, so, but this is the thing, is what I'm seeing is so powerful here, is that final phrase, because he had trusted in his God. When we face fear, we have a lot of emotions go over us. We have a lot of things happen to our body. Actually, I was looking this up, and in your body, like, there are these things that take place when, like, when I was walking in that dark hallway or when I drive over a bridge, like, I get, I have these things that start taking place, and I was looking this up. So what happens to your body when you face fear, all right? I mean, some of us know this, no-brainers, but it's just your brain. Your brain, it, uh, it gets hijacked. It's temporarily hijacked when you face fear, and it releases a chemical that prepares the body for a response. It's amazing that God, see God is part of this. And then your respiration, your breathing, your breathing rate increases to boost oxygen uh, to the supply to the body. So that happens. Your body's reacting to this fear. And then your heart and your, and your blood, your heart rate increases. That's mainly why I have an Apple Watch. So then when I go to like, uh, uh, go to the King's Island, I just look, well, counts as a workout, you know, because I was a whoop, I'm like, workout, I'm good. Six pack, here we come. Anyway, and so, but our heart rate and our blood flow increase. And then I love this, it talks about our bladder. See, there you go. Anyway, but there's a way that it all kicks in. Our body all all the parts of our body know how to face fear. But there's this other piece. The way that God designed us knows how to approach fear. But this is the thing that God wants us to do in this day is to know how to respond to fear. When we face that fear in our lives, how do we come at it with God? How can we act in a way where we see Daniel hacks? How can we handle fear in the same way? And so I just want to go over four things really quick. Really quick here, four things that I want us to see. When we have fear in our life, when I am afraid, what are these four things that we can have? The first one is this, and this is, sort of com- this is coming from Daniel. The first one is this, hope. Now that seems odd, doesn't it? When we faced fear, be like, hope. I don't think God has ever created you in a way to stay in a moment of fear. He wants you to understand that you will get through this fear. Daniel lived this out. He knew that the end might happen. His worldly existence might end in that den, and yet he had hope that even beyond that, he would have a life with God. For us, do we have hope when we face fear? Do we have hope in this? Deuteronomy 3.16, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what that fear is ahead of you, a broken relationships, maybe just going to school tomorrow, teachers, amen, we're praying for you, you know, but like whatever that fear is in front of you, have the hope that God will get you through it. The next thing that we see here, when we are faced with fear and we want to walk towards, walk with God through that fear, we have to have a spirit that is calm. We have to learn to be calm. So Daniel was calm in all of this when he could have flipped out, when he could have lost it, when he could have just said, wait, this is a death sentence, he remained calm with God. He followed through. He had a belief that God was going to be with him. Right now in our lives, it is easy to get not calm. We can lose it. I lose it a lot. Like, oh my gosh, how are we ever going to get through this or how are we going to do this? It is easy to have that take place in our lives. But we have to learn to just remain calm with God. 
We have to. It is so hard. But yet we have to learn this. We have to be able to say, I believe in you, Lord. Calm my life down. Okay, let's all try to say this together. So it's, okay, I believe in you, Lord. And so I'm gonna do, we're going to do a call and response here. Hey, whoa, whoa. Okay, so I'm going to say, I believe in you, Lord. Calm my life down. That's good. Let's do, and I, kids are a lot louder than their parents. So let's, now we're going to have a competition. Okay, all right, ready? We're going to do this again. Ready? I believe in you, Lord. Calm my life down. That is awesome. Breathe that in your life. When you're not sure what the next 15 minutes will bring, or you're not sure what the next year will bring, you're not sure what the next five years will pause and say this. I believe in you, Lord. Calm my life down. The next thing is this. We have hope, be calm, grace. You say, well, how do I face fear with grace? Because usually fear comes from an individual or it comes from a situation. It comes from that workplace that is overworking you, and you know that you need to extend grace to them because maybe they don't know where you're at. Or it comes from an individual who has caused you pain, and you're not sure how they're going to react to you. So you need to learn to act with grace. Think about this. Daniel had all the power. He was a really powerful guy. He could have, uh, he could have just said, hey, listen to this. I'm out. I'm going to disappear. I'm going to get out of this place. This is crazy. You are crazy, King Darius, for trying to kill me, for just praying three times a day to my God. Whatever. And yet he handles himself with grace. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't say, what about these clowns that are turning me in? They're jokers. An alarm has just gone off. Anyway, we're good though. And so, you know, anyway. And so we need, remain calm. No, remain calm. Anyway. So, but we act with grace in our lives. We act with grace. Proverbs 22.11 says, One who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. Are you allowing to let grace be spoken from you? And then the last thing is this, is this key word, trust. Are we willing to have trust in God? When we face fear, are we understanding that Jesus is our personal rescuer? When we're not sure, and this is the thing, Daniel had it all. He could have said, you know what? I have enough where I can be in control of this situation. I've had success. I've had it all go my way for so long now. I'm just going to keep doing my own thing and I'm going to be in control. He could have run off and just been like, this is it. I think a lot of us find ourselves in this. A lot of us have been blessed with a career path that, that is good. A lot of us are able to be like, all right, we can have a generous Christmas this year with our kids. And we can feel that we are so locked in and we have wanted that we forget that we are to listen to God so that when fear happens, all we do is put it all on our shoulders and try to move through it and navigate through it. Let's just make some more money so we can get through this fearful situation. Let's just make some more connections so we can just do it. I can get myself through this. And when we do this, what begins to take place is that we begin to lose trust in the God who created us in the Jesus who wants to save us. Daniel could have done this And he didn't at all think that if I put my trust in God, it shows that I'm a weaker person. But in fact, when he put his trust in God, it made him and elevated him to a stronger person that began to change the people around him because he trusted in God while they trusted in themselves. In this day, I don't know where you're at, 
I don't know what fear is upon you. Maybe there's nothing or maybe there's something that is just bogging you down. And maybe I don't know if if there's been a moment in your life where, yes, you've said, Lord, you rescue me. I need to trust in you. But for some reason or another, I've, I've just sort of stopped trusting. And right now, I'm ready to trust back in you. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, I put my trust back in you. Maybe there's some of us who have never done that. And for the first time, we need to say, Lord, I need to put my trust in you for the first time. I'm tired of trying to just look in the mirror and figure out how I can get through this next thing. Another self-help book, another whatever. I need to trust in God alone. It's exhausting for me to try to carry everyone with me because I am the only one who can get things through. God is saying that is not what fear is supposed to do to you. But rather, God is saying, come my children. Come and I will take your burden and I will let you rest. Come and and no longer fear because I will be with you. I will not abandon you. Whatever it is, allow for your heart to be opened and say, God, I trust in you. Give me your hope. Give me this calm. Allow for me to speak grace to those who cause fear. And let me always walk in trust with you. Today, right now, put your trust in Christ and Christ alone. He is the great rescuer. He will get you through fear. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank You so much that fear is not the end. That fear is not where we're supposed to be stuck, but that You push us through this. And Lord, we know that fear is part of life, but fear is not to be the burden that brings us down. And that You, Lord, have set us free from this. And that You have pushed us through this. And so we look at the example of Daniel. And we are grateful that we are not in lion's dens right now, but we know that we have our personal lion's dens where we feel trapped and we need a miracle. And Lord, You are the author of those miracles. And so Lord, right now, we say in the midst of our dens, in the midst of our our pits, Lord, we pray for You to release us. We pray for You to rescue us. And we say we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here at the branches, all are able to come and take communion who believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you have communion, uh, great. If you don't, just raise your hand and we can get some communion to you. But on the night before Jesus went to the cross, he sat around, he sat around his disciples and he began to break bread with them. And he broke the bread and he said, take and eat. And then he took the cup and he passed it around and he said, take and drink. And this is the cool thing about this, is that as he broke the bread, he knew that in our lives, 2,000 years later, that we would experience brokenness. And in that brokenness, he said, I will make you whole again. And then as he passed the cup around, it became empty. And as he became empty, he said, I know some of you will feel empty in life, but I will make you feel filled up again. So as we come to communion today, you are welcome to take and be reminded that Jesus' sacrifice was one made out of love. Thank you, Pikachu. I've always, that's just how it was at the Last Supper. And it's uh, Peter, and then James, and then Pikachu. Anyway, so sorry, okay. But as we come, 
If there is something broken in you, Jesus has said, I want my love to fill it. That's why I went to the cross for you. And he didn't stay in the grave either. He defeated the grave because he said, I want you to have life. I want you to have life. I don't want you to run from fear to fear to fear to fear. I don't want you to just be like, if I just take a nap, this day will be over fast. He said, I want you to experience life and life right now. The love of Jesus is for you. So as we take this, pray for the miracle of great life to happen for you. New life in Jesus. Transformed life in Christ. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you give us life. That we get to experience the joy and the love of Jesus in all that we do. So let this bread and this juice represent to us the new life that you have. Fill our brokenness and fill up our cup, Lord. Let us to see you and to know you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you, take and eat. The blood of Christ spilled for you, take and drink. O holy God, you are good. Fill us up with your love and allow for us to go from this place and to love others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, well, this is, what, this is awesome. Hey, woo, everybody really quick. Look to someone really quick before we go have a bunch of fun and get candy. Tell them, and I forgot to do this. Tell someone that Jesus loves you. Do it right now. Do it. Look at somebody. Embrace the awkwardness. Look at someone in their eyes. Get rowdy in here. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, Liz. All right. All right, now stop. Everyone stop. Everyone stop.